strange, meaningless thought. The shell appears strong, but the inside is right. It's time to be stirred. The time is now. The winds have changed. Read the signs. No time to hide. The winds have changed. Millennia ago, from the little cave on the tiny island of Podmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and author of A Mother's Plea, for the winds have changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times. Everybody, <clears throat> excuse me. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> frogging you. Yeah, talk. right. Uh, how are you? We're doing good. <laughs> Welcome. So it's... Uh, Shrove Tuesday. Punchki day. Punchki day. <laughs> I've got a. I've got a punchki. We got a, a big box of punchki. Punch if you want wow. some punchki. We had somebody brought them over yesterday. My aunt's novena. A oh, friend nice. Of my, yeah, yeah, it was nice. Oh, beautiful. Shrove Tuesday. Yes. So you wanna? By the way, speaking of that, I, I tell you, let's pray and then yeah. we'll get, yes. we can get into a, a number of things. Uh, today is also, you know, by tradition, although it's no longer on the. Officially on the on the calendar, but it is the feast of the holy face of Jesus. Wow. Oh, so say a little mm. prayer there. Um, I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't either. I just you learn something it was every in the day. Old calendar, every so. day. but uh, it's still observed. And I, and I notice there's there's a a growing interest. You know, every every so often these uh, devotions begin to they kind of resurrect themselves. Yes. Because um, I've had many many people. Uh, bring me images of the Holy Face, and you know, it's. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, perhaps. But uh, let's uh, let us pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners. sinners. Now and at the hour of our death, amen. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now and at the hour of our death, amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, to the same Christ, our Lord. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity 
of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless, and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us, increase your mercy in us that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Holy face of Jesus, be our joy. Holy face of Jesus, be our strength. Holy face of Jesus, be our health. Holy face of Jesus, be our courage. Holy face of Jesus, be our wisdom. Holy face of Jesus, image of the Father, provide for us. Holy face of Jesus, mirror of thy priestly heart, be our zeal. Holy face of Jesus, gift of the Spirit, show us thy love. Holy face of Jesus, saddened by sorrow, grant our request through thy merits. O most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of Mercy, at this most critical time we entrust the United States of America and the entire world to your loving care. Most Holy Mother, we beg you, reclaim this land for the glory of your Son. Overwhelmed with the burden of the sins of our nation, we cry to you from the depths of our hearts and seek refuge in your motherly protection. Look down with mercy upon us. Touch the hearts of our people. Open our minds to the great worth of human life and to the responsibilities that accompany human freedom. Free us from the falsehoods that lead to the evil of abortion and threaten the sanctity of family life. Grant our nation Grant the world the wisdom to proclaim that God's law is the foundation upon which we must live, and that he alone is a true source of our cherished rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. O merciful Mother, give us the courage to reject the culture of death 
and the strength to build a new culture of life. Trusting in your most powerful intercession, we pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee do we come. Before thee we stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, O the incarnate Word, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray, pray for us who have recourse to thee. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael, the Archangel, pray for us. All you angels and saints in heaven, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So today is Shrove Tuesday, the day before Lent, 40-day penitential season. Now, just on the side, did you know this, that uh, the pretzel mm -hmm. has a deep spiritual meaning for Lent? Is it? Wow, oh, I didn't know that. So I, I received this today from somebody. It was an ancient, it was, it was an ancient Christian Lenten bread. It goes as far back as the 4th century. In the old Roman Empire, the faithful kept a very strict fast, all through Lent, no milk, no butter, no cheese, no eggs, no cream, no meat. It's pretty strict. It is yeah. very strict. They made small breads of water, flour, and salt to remind themselves that Lent was a time of prayer. They shaped these breads in the form of crossed arms, mm -hmm. for in those days they crossed their arms over the breast while praying. Therefore, they called the breads little arms uh, and it, it's the, the word is uh, from this Latin word the Germanic people later coined the term pretzel hmm. so the pretzel is the most appropriate food symbol in Lent it shows a form of arms crossed in prayer reminding us that Lent is, Lent is a time of prayer it consists only of water and flour, thus proclaiming Lent as a time of fasting. The earliest picture and description of a pretzel from the 5th century can be found in the Vatican Library. So that many people eat pretzels today all through the year, that they take them together with beer and, and taverns and and restaurants uh, is only an accidental habit. So evidently, in many places in, of Europe, pretzels are served only from Ash Wednesday to Easter, keeping oh. with the ancient symbolism, wow. keeping it alive. So it's interesting. Just it is a little, very interesting. Very interesting. Never knew that. Um, I, I haven't had a pretzel in so long. I used to like them. Used to like yeah, them. I used to. The soft pretzels are uh, just the regular. Yeah. Oh, the regular, the big ones? Yeah. Well, now they have the mini... Anne's. Isn't Anne's pretzels? Anne's pretzels, yeah. yes. I've never, I, I pass that when I'm in the airport. 
Yes. Never stop and to get one. Never get it at the airport. Never get it. No. They'll take an arm and a leg. Right, right, no. I don't eat anything in the right. airport for that reason. Um, well, let, let me, first, let me just uh, give you a little bit of the, uh, and, and this is fairly new to me. I, I knew there was a devotion to the Holy Face, but I didn't mm-hmm. know that this was the day. Yes. Um, did you know that? No, I didn't know the day. I know of the devotion, but not right. that today it was the actual day. So begin uh, the timeline of the holy face of Jesus, the devotion. So in 33 AD, St. Veronica, as a sign of her love and compassion, offered our Savior a veil to wipe the blood and sweat from his face as he carried his cross. And in reward for her charity and compassion, Jesus left an impression of his holy face upon the veil. Uh, this meeting of our Lord and St. Veronica is forever memorialized in the Stations of the Cross. And uh, it, the, sixth, uh, the sixth station in the Stations. You're going to be doing the Stations on Friday. You guys yes. are going to sing? Yes, I will be there. That'll be after the 7 o'clock after Mass. After the 7 o'clock during Mass. Lent. Um, and then from the 1st to the 4th century, according to tradition, St. Veronica later entrusted the veil to St. Clement, a disciple of St. Peter who became third bishop of Rome, and for the next three centuries, the holy veil was kept in the Roman catacombs during the early persecutions of the church. Eventually, Veronica's veil was placed in the Basilica of St. Peter, and I didn't know this, and it has been kept there until the present day. I did not know that. Mm. I've been there so many times. I did. Yeah, I, I, I did I, see that. Did you see the it? last time I went? Did you see the veil? No, 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 not the veil. The, no. At St. Peter's. At St. Peter's. No, no, no. No, I did. I, no, I, no, I, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm I'm getting confused, Father, because then there's the, the when we went to the Holy Land. Right. I saw. There's so many. Yeah. I'm there's thinking of the, the relics, and then there was the shroud. The shroud. The shroud of Turin. Yes. Isn't that in Turkey? Maybe it was no, there. Maybe, no, it's in Italy, in, in it, Turin. So I saw. Anyway, so they had. I don't know if it was a replica. I, I don't know. But when we went to the Holy Land, they had a exhibition there. Oh, there, there, it could have been. It might have been. Mm-hmm. Might have been I, I was there with you. Yes. <laughs> Did you see yes. it? <laughs> I don't remember. You know. So many trips. Too many years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you can tell. This has been another stressful day, and it's been. They're uh, all stressful. It's, yeah. I'm confused, Father. I'm just confused. No, don't worry about it. No, 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 that's I'll, I'll keep the record straight. So anyway, uh, so the the uh, so the uh, the veil is in the Vatican mm-hmm. at St. Peter's in the Basilica of St. Peter. Uh, in 1843, our Lord envisions to say Sister Marie of St. Peter requested that a devotion to his holy face be established, also known as a golden arrow. And this is what's uh, uh, kind of been resurrected, this devotion. And the purpose of the devotion was to make amends for the wrongdoings in the world, as well as to require special intentions. Special prayers and promises Mm -hmm. were given to Sister Maria from our Lord, who said, All who honor my holy face in the spirit of reparation thereby perform for me the services of the pious Veronica. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, reparations. It's it's one of the things that uh, the Blessed Mother, we're going to talk about this in a moment too, but, you know, we've got to make reparation 
And, uh, you know, God has called us into the, uh, to participate in the, his redemptive work, so to speak. Because while we say, you know, the, the, the messianic hour, the, the, the paschal mystery, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus atoned for our sins uh, to save us from our slavery to sin and take, to take the sting out of death to show, that there's, show us that there's life beyond death. The um, and yet we're still in history, so we still sin, and we've yet to die. Uh, but as we make our way through this life, uh, by the authority of God, by the will of God, we're called to participate in the suffering, the redemptive suffering of Christ. That's why often you hear people say, "Well, offer it up," right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the Catholic Church, the sacrifice is so so central to who we are, and. Uh, it's, it's so the uh, in scripture it says we make up. I think it's the Saint Paul who writes this. We make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. There's nothing in and of itself lacking in the sufferings of Christ, but that the Lord calls us into this redemptive work, so that we participate in the work of redemption. And and, and part of this is reparation for the sins of the world or the sacrileges. Uh, the offenses against God and all things sacred. 18, this, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, it made me think of, like Mother Angelica always said, don't waste your pain, offer it up. Offer it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've always heard that as yeah. we were growing up, right? And, offer it up. Put it at the foot of the cross. <laughs> right. So so yeah. this, this idea that God is a demanding God, mm-hmm. not permissive, yeah. and holds us to a high standard, and, and thank God for that because we need to help each other on the way. And rather than diminish ourselves and diminish others through sin and add to the disorder in the world, we've got to participate in the proper ordering of life in a disordered world and, and help each other, carry each other through, you know, to, to our, our destiny is to, to share in the resurrection of Christ in the kingdom of God. So... 1849, after the death of Sister Marie, a revolution erupted at the, in, in the Papal States. Pope Pius IX ordered public prayers to be offered in Rome to implore God's mercy, and Veronica's vow was put on display for public veneration for three days. On the third day, the sacred features of our Lord normally faded, became distinctly, distinctly seen and surrounded by a soft halo of light. This lasted for three hours and was documented by Vatican officials. In 1849 to 1876, after the miracle of the Holy Veil, it was customary to have copies of the Holy Face made. That's what's going around now. These copies would then be touched to the original veil, making them objects of devotion. And so there's a the story of a holy man named Leo de Pont hung one of these copies in his home, accompanied by an oil lamp. Those who would say the devotional prayers and anoint themselves with oil from this lamp would receive healing. So for the next 30 years, miracles and healing occurred in his home through adoration of the Holy Face. Now in 1885, because of the miracles, credited to the Holy Face, Pope Leo XIII established the devotion for the entire world. 
Uh, in fact, St. Therese of Lisieux and her family were members of this arch-confraternity of the Holy Face. She was so faithful to this devotion that she took as her religious name St. Therese of the Child Jesus and of the Holy Face, right? Uh, yes. Uh, the, there's a picture of her I saw this morning of her holding an image of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face, both of which she took as, uh, for her religious name. And then finally in 18... 1958, not finally, but in 1958, on April 17th, His Holiness Pope Pius XII approved the observance of a feast of the Holy Face of Jesus on Shrove Tuesday. That would be this day. In addition to Veronica's veil, the Shroud of Turin, believed to be the burial cloth of Christ, um, we, we have the image associated with the Holy Face devotion. Um, in any case, uh, the feast day was not included in the universal calendar after the Second Vatican Council. Oh, they should have kept it. Oh. <laughs> no, just... Shrove Tuesday. Yeah, yeah Shrove Tuesday. I, don't, I wonder why, as uh, oh. a, a preparation for... Because there's a novena that takes place in preparation for the yeah. feast day. And I, yes. that's, all, that's all I know. But I was, somebody... You know, I, I've, I've got people bringing me all, the time. all kinds all the time. of stuff. <laughs> and, and I know that keeps coming back. That keeps coming into my office. Uh, the Holy Face, what was it? The it's a uh, sign. The, the arrow, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got and I believe I've got the an image of the Holy Face, which is really quite beautiful, uh, in in my office. I meant to look see if I had it before mm -hmm. the I came down here, but I just too much going on today. But uh I even like one of the uh, prayer booklets that I have, it has the different novenas and devotions and, and the so the, the holy, holy face, face is, is in there. Is that the, the is that the Pieta? The book, the little yeah, book. Because I think book. it's in that book. It's in that book too. Because yeah. I have another one that's all novenas. It's just novenas. Oh yes, yeah, sure. right, right. And, and, I've got and, one of those upstairs. Yes, yeah. and, it has, and there is a novena. Then. Yes, yes, yeah. there is. All right. Anyway, so that's uh, so for everybody's information. I didn't mm -hmm. realize today was the day, the the feast day of the of the Holy Face of Jesus. At least uh, up until now, you can pray that. All the time, right? Which of course. Is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. I, I want to do that now. <laughs> yeah. It's just to, to meditate, to sure. reflect right. and, and contemplate the face of yeah. uh, of Jesus. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we will take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. I'm Father Anthony on Winds of Change, AM 750 WNDZ. How long has it been since you have been to church? Busy schedule? Work? Or just lost interest? To be Catholic is not just merely attending Mass as just another weekend activity to be checked off the to-do list. Participation in the Sacred Liturgy gives you the opportunity to be intimately connected to Christ through the Holy Eucharist. You can also cleanse yourself of sin through the Sacrament of Reconciliation as a baptized Catholic. Come before the iconic monstrance to be in Christ's presence in the sacred silence of the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy. St. Stanislaus Koska Church is open 24 hours a day seven days a week. St. Stan's is just off the Kennedy, two blocks north of Division on Noble. Come back to Christ through the sacred liturgy and his gift of the sacraments at St. Stan's. I'm Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Costco, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and you are listening to The Winds of Change. 
The cross is the reality of God's love for us, for you. As we ponder the cross this Lent, consider the fact that our blessed Lord Jesus became man to pay the price for our sins committed against the infinite. Since Jesus is God and man, every act of his has an infinite value. Therefore, Jesus could have chosen to emit a single sigh or prick his finger and shed just one drop of his precious blood. That would have been enough to save us. So why choose the cross? Well, that is how much he loves us. He chose to be nailed to the cross and to pour out every drop of his blood for you, holding nothing back. This is the astounding love of Jesus for you. I'm Jim Littleton, forming FaithfulFamilies.com. God love you. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being with us on the Feast of the Holy Face of our Lord and uh, Shrove Tuesday, Ponchki Tuesday, right? Yes. And you got to get uh, so uh, I, I, I I'm urging everybody to um, abstain from milk and butter and cream <laughs> and meat and what else um, and just eat pretzels. <laughs> pretzels. That's the the Lenten. That's going to be all you can eat. The Lenten Lenten food of the. Uh, the that that's what constituted the fast, and you know that's by the way that's the other thing. I, I don't know if you know this, but in the Latino community, in the mm-hmm. Mexican community, well, the whole Latino community, because we got a large uh, Hispanic Latino community, and there for the last I'd say the last couple of years, there's so many who are doing a, a full forty day bread and water. Yeah, wow, I've heard that. Yeah, if you give Paniago. up all of that. You're surely going to lose weight, which a lot of us need to. Uh, anyway, oh, no. doesn't work for me. <laughs> but but there but there's a lot of people that are doing it, not just during wow. Lent, but uh, in, in different times of different the year. Different times of the yeah, year. Yeah, I've heard that. You know, it actually know. fasting is good for for the health. It's Somehow, good. it's a, like a detox. It's exactly. It's very good. Mm-hmm. I do it. It's uh, healthy. I take it every time. Every three weeks, I'll do a a two day fast, a complete fast. Only dr- only drink water and and coffee. Just yeah. coffee, just a little bit of coffee in the morning, not much. But uh, I'll do that when I'm in Rochester. Okay. I do that. Um, so it's and and it is. It's 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 actually. Uh, uh, it just it feels good. It, it's it's yeah. it, it not that you know here it's very hard because I'm under a lot of stress. Sure. Sure. And of course, when you're under stress, you want to eat. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Have your wine. I would do like one of those. I have I'm giving a wine up by the way for oh, four years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the monastery where people just go and get away from the phone, get away from everything. Right. Oh, especially the phone, yeah. social media, well, Facebook. Well, so I go, I go into retreat on Monday, mm-hmm. to my Lenten retreat, and uh, in, at a Benedictine Abbey in Minnesota. Wow. So um, I, I don't know if I'll do a strict fast, but I'll, I'll certainly have fast days. Like mm-hmm. I, I do the 48, 48-hour fast in Rochester. And and I'm going to go from there. I'll be there two weeks, and I go to Rochester from there. So I'll be gone for three weeks here. I'll be gone. I'll be gone only one weekend here. But um, anyway, so so Lent begins tomorrow. Believe it or not, it's just it's unbelievable. We unbelievable. just got out of Christmas, and uh, this is as everybody knows a 40-day penitential season in preparation for the for Holy Week, the celebration of Holy Week, which culminates in the Sacred Triduum. The three holy days, 
And, and the, the sacred triduum is a pivotal celebration in the liturgical year because it, mod- it solidifies, rather, the meaning and purpose of the church's life. Her identity and mission is understood only in relation to the Paschal mystery, that is, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. When you hear Paschal mystery, it's the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So every Holy Mass is the celebration of the Paschal mystery, but it's uh, the, the three high holy days of the year are Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday. Uh, the institution of the Holy Eucharist, the crucifixion, atoning death of Jesus, and the resurrection. And so, through the wounds of Jesus, we've been healed, we've been saved, we've been redeemed, we're sent to live in the hope that while evil remains a reality, seemingly on on the increase, the victory of the risen Christ will be realized for those who keep faith. Now, tomorrow you're going to hear, those are really beautiful readings for uh, Ash Wednesday. Uh, and there's not much that needs to be said once you hear those readings. So the homily, my homily, is going to be very, very short, because we also, we're going to be imprinting the uh, ashes on the foreheads, as is done every year, everywhere throughout the world, the churches. Um, but the, but the uh, first reading from the book of Joel opens with an urgent call to return to God. And I think in view of the many challenges we face today, we do well to take this reading to heart and reflect on it in its entirety. And this is what he says, the prophet. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger, rich in kindness, and relenting in punishment. Perhaps... Perhaps he will again relent and leave behind a blessing. Blow the trumpet, proclaim a fast, call on assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the breast, let the bridegroom quit his room and the bride her chamber. At the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep, and say, Spare, O Lord, your people, and make not your heritage a reproach with the nations ruling over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord was stirred to concern for his land and took pity on his people. It's just a very powerful reading and very pertinent for our time and day, our day and time, I think. Because when, uh, when the commandments of God were given, if you recall, uh, Moses told the people that he was the mouthpiece of the Lord, God, Yahweh. He says, fulfill, love, obey these commandments. This is the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. Meditate on them day and night, whether you're awake or whether you're asleep. Write them on the doorpost, on your forehead, on your wrist. Drill them into your children. 
And you do this, you fulfill, love, and obey the law, you prove yourselves to be a wise, intelligent, knowledgeable, graceful, dignified people. And all the nations will wonder and envy, who is this, who, who is their God? That they, you know, so it begs a question, you know, if, if we just take the fact that our nation is Judeo-Christian, we were, we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles and faith, it, all the nations looking into our nation today, what do they see? What do they see? And I don't think uh, we would be the envy of many peoples. And, I, and again, this is basically what's happening in our own nation is happening throughout the Christian West, right? I mean, God bless the, the Africans, right, because they're really keeping faith and uh, suffering great persecution, uh, martyrdom, massacres uh, taking place, especially in Nigeria. It's interesting that at this, at this time, and you know, as I mentioned the Holy Face, but, but many Catholics have this renewed interest in the message of the Blessed Virgin Mary to the children of Fatima just a little over 100 years ago. And as in the case of all her apparitions through history, she repeats basically the urgent summons of the prophet Joel because her message is very simple, very pointed. Return to God. There will be no peace if there is no return to God. She says, pray for the conversion of sinners. And she says, if a call is not heeded, if we don't respond to the call, the world can expect an increase in evil. And she says, God will manifest himself in chastisement. In chastisement. And that's something that we, 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 we recoil against, that word, just chastisement, that a loving God wouldn't chastise, wouldn't punish but what parent, if that parent sees their children, the parents see their children going down uh, a bad way, would not intervene in order to safeguard and protect the child. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we're the, the trajectory right now is not going in the right direction. No. And so you wonder at what point is God going to manifest himself in chastisement, which is uh, an act of mercy mm -hmm. in order to, uh, to remind us who he is, who we are, and that we've been redeemed, we've been saved. Again, I think, you know, going back to the, the Holy Face or even the Chaplet of the Divine Mercy, you know, it's, 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 it's prayed in reparation. Or Our Lady when she, at Fatima when she said, pray the rosary in reparation, reparation for sins. But, you know, as a matter of fact, I've got the... Speaking of the, the apparitions, well, let me finish this, and then we'll, I want to go back to, because we just, the Feast of uh, Our Lady of Lourdes was on Sunday, but it wasn't celebrated because of Sunday takes precedence. But uh, I, I love reading the uh, St. Bernadette's account of the apparition. But, uh, and, but, but what, 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 what's interesting about the apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Fatima is the manner by which the children were prepared for the visitation of Our Lady this was a year prior to her apparition. Apparitions. An angel appeared to the children 
taught them how to properly approach God in worship. They were instructed to prostrate before God and say, My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I ask pardon of you for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. And they were to do that three times. I have our children, you know, for their holy hour, they begin the holy hour with that prayer to come before the Blessed Sacrament. It would be really wise for us to reflect on the supernatural visitations that took place over the course of six months in Fatima, Portugal. In fact, the last three popes, including Pope Francis, have said the message of Fatima is as pertinent today as it was a hundred years ago. Because in short, the message of the Mother of God at Fatima is rend your hearts and return to the Lord your God. And so let it begin with us as we humbly and prayerfully worship God as we enter into Lent, placing ourselves before the Holy Eucharist and making reparation for the many offenses and sacrileges committed against all that is sacred. And it's not without reason that we're called to return to God with fasting and weeping and mourning. We just have to pray for the grace of humility to look around and understand the why of the urgent call, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. And, and many people many people just kind of intuitively know that there's something not right. We don't want, we don't want to be Pollyannish, I mean, it's, and nor pessimistic, but, uh, but there are consequences. Yeah. And, go ahead. And, and, and Father, I'm going back with that God, um, he does chastise, but many times we punish ourselves by not following, Bam. obeying, disobeying yeah. his commandments. Even when growing up, when we disobeyed our, our parents, there were consequences. Right. And that's the same with God. He doesn't, like you said, he doesn't, uh, he's not permissive. He doesn't spoil us. Because you, you think it's it just commonsensical, right? Yeah. If you want, uh, God is a God of order. Yes. We're, we live in a disordered world. Again, he gave his commandments, and Jesus was very, very clear about that. You know, as he, he opened the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, began with the Beatitudes, and then he went right into the commandments. And he says, don't think I've come to dispense or do away with any of these commandments, these, the, the Ten Commandments. Not a period, not a comma, not a, nothing. They're binding on all people for all time. And then again, he, he can, continues by calling us to a life of high virtue. Uh, did I say it on Sunday or I was uh, uh, somewhere? I said, you know, if, if first of all, if, if every Catholic went to Mass on Sunday, we wouldn't have to have an annual appeal. We just had the annual appeal, Archdiocese annual appeal. I don't like to talk about money. I rarely do unless I have to. But we would, if everybody went to Mass and, you know, just made their offering, uh, we would be we, we we would be able to sustain ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, if everybody, if all Christians, Catholics, Christians, obeyed, took seriously the commandments of God, say the the the, the streets of our city would be com- the, the whole city would be completely transformed, mm-hmm. completely transformed. Um, but again, as as there's this apostasy, this going away from God, creates a vacuum. Falsehood comes in. The demons come in. Um, arrogance. Uh, pride, which is the antithesis of humility, 
Humility is what makes sense, makes saints, rather, it makes sense because it makes saints. saints. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's what's most lacking is is humility, the the, the arrogance uh, that people would boast of the fact that they don't believe in God or they don't need God or... And, and, and for whatever reasons, you know, maybe it's certainly that uh, God has been misrepresented. Certainly, that, and, that, and that's why we need that's why we need Lent, right? Because Lent is a spiritual house cleaning, so that we can authenticate our witness. Because I don't want to do anything. We don't want to do anything that's going to um, discredit God or blemish or obscure uh, the the beautiful image of God, who is truth, beauty, and goodness. And so it's, it's, it's for each and every one of us, uh, at the end of our lives, you know, God's not going to say to me, you know, what did uh, uh, Pope Francis do or what did Cardinal Tsupich or uh, what did so-and-so. Uh, so-and-so. Uh, he's going to say, what, what did you do at the time that was allotted you? How did you live your life? You know, and thank God, thank God, as, as uh, the prophet said, he's slow to anger, rich in mercy, uh, he, he relents. To, he, he, he doesn't want to punish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his greatest attribute is mercy. So today can be, uh, as I used to say, the first day of the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. A life That's in right. God. And, uh, and, and, I, and I do think, and we'll take a break, I do believe that there is a kind of an awakening taking place. People see the, uh, the falsehood. They, they see the evil on the increase and things that are non-commonsensical, non-reasoning, wrong reasoning, uh, unscientific, mm-hmm. in fact. And uh, I, I think it's it, that in and of itself is that people scratch their head and say, you know, I think something is terribly wrong here and uh, we need to get back to... Uh, God, I think it's happening, maybe not in a big way, but certainly I, I believe God is forming uh, a, a small flock to confound the wise of this world. So with that, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and i, I got to read from uh, St. Bernadette because, again, there's the, the message is, is clear there as well. Uh, don't go away. We will be right back on Father Anthony on Winds of Change on AM 750 WNDZ. St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy, is open 24 hours a day, seven days per week, for adoration of the Blessed Sacrament in the iconic monstrance. The Blessed Sacrament is reposed during the celebration of Mass and during special events. St. Stan's doors are always open for adoration. Come anytime, day or night. St. Stan's is located two blocks north of Division on Noble, right off the Kennedy. Visit ststandschurch.org. We are the students of St. Stan's Lasosca Academy. Your children can join them for face-to-face classroom instruction. Visit ststandschicago.org to find out how. And you're listening to the Winds of Change. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more. 
providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststandschicago.org. ststandschicago.org. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being with us. I'm Father Anthony with Tony and Christine. I don't think I even oh, that's okay. introduced yeah. you guys. And Daniel over there, the wizard behind the curtain. Um, <laughs> So you know, speaking of the uh, the the apparition, uh, the apparitions in Fatima, mm-hmm. but you take all the apparitions in the last several hundred years, really beginning with Quito, about five hundred years ago in uh, Ecuador, uh, the the message, the prophetic ma- message, really about uh, really points right to the times we're living in. I mean, Our Lady to the uh, the, the sister. I don't know that she's a saint. But uh, it points pointed right to the twentieth century, you know, the beginnings of this kind of cosmic upheaval. But Quito, La Salette, where a Lady appeared weeping, spoke about divisions within the church and all the stuff that we're seeing happening. Uh, but also to in Lourdes, to Saint Marie. Bernadette, she appeared in 1858, I believe it was, in Lourdes in France. Were you there with us? I, I was there in several Lourdes? times, yeah. No, I've never been. Oh, I, I would like, I've only been to uh, Fatima. Fatima. It's very beautiful, but uh, she appeared to Bernadette. And I'm just going to, you know, Bernadette was somewhat harassed by the church up until her death, you know, the church plays a devil's advocate, and yet the miracle of the water, the spring, happened. You know, in fact, let me just read from her own writing because this is uh, from a letter uh, written by Saint Bernadette. She says, "I I had gone down one day with two other girls to the bank of the river of, of the river Gave when suddenly I heard a kind of wrestling wrestling sound." I turned my head toward the field by the side of the river, but the trees seemed quite still, and the noise was evidently not from them. Then I looked up and caught sight of the cave where I saw a lady wearing a lovely white dress and a bright belt. On top of each of her feet was a a pale yellow rose, the same color as her rosary beads. At this I rubbed my eyes, thinking I was seeing things, and I put my hands into the fold of my dress where my rosary was. I wanted to make the sign of the cross, but for the life of me, I couldn't manage it, and my hand just fell down. Then the lady made the sign of the cross herself, and at the, at the second attempt, I managed to do the same, though my hands were trembling. Then I began to say the rosary, while the lady let her beads slip through her, ha- through her fingers without moving her lips. When I stopped saying the Hail Mary, she immediately vanished. I asked my two companions if they had noticed anything, but they said no. Of course, they wanted to know what I was doing, and I told them that I had seen a lady wearing a nice white dress, 
though I didn't know who she was. I told them not to say anything. I told them not to say anything about it, and they said I was silly to have anything to do with it. I said they were wrong, and I came back next Sunday, feeling my feeling myself drawn to this place. The third the third time, I went. The lady spoke to me, and asked me to come every day for fifteen days. I said I would, and then she said she wanted me to tell the priests. To build a chapel there, she also told me to drink from the stream. I went to the cave, the only stream I could stream I could see. Then she made me realize she was not speaking of the cave, and indicated a little trickle of water close by. When I got to it, I could only find a few drops, mostly mud. I cupped my hands to catch some liquid without success. And then I started to scrape the ground. I managed to find a few drops of water, but only at the fourth attempt was there sufficient for any kind of drink. The lady then vanished, and I went back home. I went back each day for fifteen days, and each time, except one Monday and one Friday, the lady appeared and told me to look for a stream and wash in it, and to see that the priest built a chapel there. I must also pray," she said, "for the conversion of sinners. I asked her many times what she meant by that, but she only smiled. Finally, with outstretched arms and eyes looking up to heaven, she told me she was the Immaculate Conception. During the fifteen days, she told me three secrets, but I was not to speak about them to anyone, and so far, I have not. And that's it. And, and you know, there's a commonality to that and other apparitions as well. These uh, these children, like at, at Fatima, were given secrets as well. Um, Saint Bernadette. Uh, I'm not quite sure about La Salette, but but, it, but but again, in all cases, you know, pray for the conversion of sinners. You know, and even in uh, Rwanda, in Cabejo, and I've been there twice in Africa, where they had the genocide. Uh, Our Lady appeared to the children in the school, children in a a Catholic school, and she also appeared to a a Muslim man, a farmer who was working the fields, and uh, he converted, he became a Catholic. But she told the children there that they must, that if if there isn't a return to God, if people do not return to God, if they do not cease offending God, she said the rivers of Africa would flow with the blood of the dead. That was in the 1980s. And she said that if I've come to Cabejo, it's that I've come to Kigali. If I've come to Kigali, which is the capital of Rwanda, I've come to Rwanda. If I've come to Rwanda, I've come for the whole of Africa. And if I've come for the whole of Africa, I'm coming for the whole world with this message, return to God. And she told the children, you must unite your sufferings to those of Jesus on the cross. The people should prepare for their death if there's not a return to God. In 1994, what happened in Rwanda? The great genocide. Yeah. The great genocide. 
And, and again, I, I always thought it was the Tribune, but it was the New York Times. Uh, I think it was in April of 1994, during the genocide, there was a headline that 40,000 bodies pulled from the rivers of Rwanda. You know, so everything she said in the 1980s came to be, came to pass. And all this is, you know, we, we, we think, you know, uh, God's time is not our time. But uh, so we're talking about over the course of, uh, let's say, 500 years. But again, you go back to the Bible, the book of Revelation, the very words of Jesus, especially in Matthew's gospel about uh, and, and St. Paul in his writings you know, in his letters about what will characterize the last days. I'm not here to say, you don't know the day nor the hour, but we are told Jesus says, watch for the signs. And the signs are always there to some degree or another. But the intensity, and again, say the trajectory uh, with which we're moving today so quickly, uh, the, the rapidity of change just in, in the last 10 years has been unbelievable. And, you know, you, you, you wonder. Like I say, I hear this from especially young people. Uh, and when I say young people, I mean people in their 20s and their 30s, uh, but even, even teenagers who, who know that there's something's not, something's not right. Something's not right in the world. And, uh, but do we have the humility to put our hand in the hand of God, uh, to be lifted up. And see, there's all the, these, these, the powers and principalities that militate against uh, our faith are, are so uh, in your face today that uh, I was reading, uh, oh, there's actually, it was a documentary that came out. Um, I just went off the screen here, so. I guess we're just, should we just, Daniel, just keep going. Should we just keep going? Okay. The, um, uh, the letter to the church in America, or to the American church, and this guy begins, I forget his name, I, I don't recall it right now, but I, I watched the documentary, it was pretty interesting, but uh, that during Nazism in Germany, there were, 18,000 pastors, 3,000 went with the Nazis, 3,000 opposed. The rest chose to stay, stay silent, not to politically involve themselves in what was unfolding in Germany at that time. And, he, and, and the point was, he's, he's, he cautions us to read the signs of the times and to take a stance in defense of our faith. And it's just basically back to the commandments of God, nurturing intimacy with Christ through prayer. And, 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 and isn't this really what, what Lent is all about? It's, it's uh, doing a, a house cleaning and taking a good look at ourselves and asking ourselves, you know, what, what are we not doing or what must we do? Where do I need to be purged and, and transformed and sanctified? One of the readings you're going to hear tomorrow on Ash Wednesday, Paul in his letter to the uh, Corinthians 
He says, and we, we shouldn't forget this, we are ambassadors for Christ as if God were appealing through us. So we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made, he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteous of God in him. Working together then, we appeal to you, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And St. Paul, you know, in his letter to Timothy, he says, you know, we've got to live the faith when convenient, when inconvenient, when in season, when out of season. We, I think, agree, most of us, that we're in an inconvenient time and out of season time. And the summons of our Lord to declare yourself, are you with me? Or are you against me? Are you hot? Or are you cold? But if you're lukewarm, I spit you out of my mouth. In other words, declare where you are, to whom you're with. You know, and, and Lent is a time to be rid of any kind of idolatry, uh, to, to absolutely put God at the center the foundation, build on the foundation of his life. As he said, the rain comes and wind blows, but if we build on that foundation, the house, it will not collapse. All right, everybody, thanks so, so much for being with us. Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Ciao. It's time to be stirred, the time.